Welcome to Gems of Motherhood. I'm your host, Sharon Khan. I'm here to connect you with some amazing gems of mothers from all walks of life. Each week, you'll hear interviews as well as resources and actionable tips that you can implement in your daily life to be the best gem God has called you to be. Thanks for walking this journey with me today. Now let's get into our very first episode with Teresa Conlin. We need this like okay, if I have to uh, find a quiet place, a quiet time, and um, a quiet mind, then I'm not going to be condemned if I have to fight when my mind wants to stray a thousand places or rehearse things. I know that's the enemy so afraid of me getting centered and Jesus being my source, even for one minute, because he will break every lion stronghold that the enemy's trying to craft around me and rob me of, because our work is so so important. I am so excited because this is our very first episode. And I was thinking about our topic for today and I realized I'm always in need for balance. And today I'm especially excited because we have Teresa Conlon to speak to us about finding balance. Now, Teresa has been serving as president of Summit International School of Ministry since fall of 2010. She also serves as an associate pastor at Times Square Church in New York City. She has three married children and eight grandchildren. Wow, she's blessed. <laughs> I know we're going to get plenty of wisdom and gem nuggets from her today. Welcome, Teresa. It's so great to have you on the Gems of Motherhood podcast. Thank you, Sharon. I'm so delighted to be here and to be able to share with all the gems that are mothers. What a great program to be able to just really encourage mothers and remind them that they truly are gems so valuable uh, in the Lord's eyes. So delighted to be with you. Absolutely. Thank you. This is a very interesting subject that I think it's important for everyone to practice. Both you and your husband have served in ministry for a very long time. How did you feel when you got into ministry and when you met your husband? What were some of your expectations? Right. Well, you know, uh, we got into ministry just a couple of years after we were married and just starting a very young family. And um, I was raised a Catholic, got mm -hmm. saved. I was never trained or raised uh, I never to, in a Protestant tradition. And now here I am, a leader. <laughs> No. And um, I really, because here's the interesting thing, when people hire pastors, you also get a little list of, you know, what is this role and what they are expecting of you. Right. You're the pastor's wife. <laughs> Seriously, there is no plan. There is nobody saying, this is the role. This is what we expect you to do. You know, it's so very much who her personality is. And I'm telling you, when you're young and you're insecure and you want to please everybody, uh, you know, you find out that there's a lot of people around you that may have clearer or stronger ideas mm -hmm. about what you're supposed to be doing than what you're doing. And so I would say in the early years, I was really kind of looking outside around me, like, what, what do you want me to do? What am I supposed to be doing? And, um, you know, I think that you always do need to consult people outside. So I had a real learning curve um, in learning what that balance was right. between who am I? What were my gifts? Because, you know, when you start out, a lot of times your gifts are buried or not yet fully evident. Mm -hmm. 
And, um, you know, so they, it takes a lot of grace on both sides in those early years of trying to find that balance between what, what are your personality, your gifts, what are the needs of the congregation and how do we all grow? How do we all grow and walking together? That's so true. You know, when you said that, when you, become a pastor's wife. There is no job description. (laughs) Did you find even more expectations that people have around you? Um, You know, I think I put the, I think I put the most on me. I think I, I think at the end of the day, we were just a simple congregation and, uh, you know, they wanted, I think, me to love my husband and take care of him uh, mm-hmm. in that way so that the marriage would be healthy mm-hmm. um, so that they could look to us as role models. I also found out um, when a pastor preaches, they, they want to see, like, how he treats his wife. They've kind of got one eye on him on concerning you. Too. Right. No? Yeah, they really do. <laughs> Can I trust a man? Um, that has a, a, a maybe a difficult relationship with his wife. So you didn't you didn't really realize that there was a lot of unspoken things going on. So I put more on myself in some ways um, than I think anybody ever did. Mm. Yeah. I think that's what we usually do. We try to be, I guess, the perfect woman, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> or the perfect person, but. Uh, there's no perfection, right? <laughs> no. And you know what? It would be miserable if, if anybody is perceived as perfect because that then you're the absolute target. Right. You cannot stand perfection. Right. You're, you, that that's gets torn true. down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now, how did you manage taking care of your family while your husband was in full-time ministry? So when we went into ministry, he was also a full-time police officer, and mm-hmm. we also had a sheep farm. Mm. And we also had two children and we were expecting our third. So we had, we had a lot of things going. And um, I think that the way that God used that in the, we were so stretched that we literally had to cry out to God um, for every spiritual insight. It seemed like we had no time. Mm. And because we had no time in, in a very honest sense, um, he came through. But then, of course, he's, the Lord is not a taskmaster. He's not, he, he is actually needed that intense time for us to get very dependent on him and, know, and be very convinced who we were apart from him mm. and that we couldn't do it without him. And so I think that was the great lesson. And then as things began to drop off, you begin to realize that, you know, I thank you, Lord, that, um, wow, I I have this gift of time and I want to continue to be an honest seeker. You covered us, you know, when in our extremity, when there was too much on our plate, so to speak. And then when things, we sold a sheep farm and then he went into full-time ministry and you weren't bivocational. Um, then shortly after we started a Christian school, so we had a church going and a school. And I would say that I think the one thing we did do well by the grace of God is we did seek him honestly. Mm. Number two, what we didn't do well, where the balance was not, Mm. is that, uh, I was, I would say that there was a season I kept every other buddy else's vineyard, but my own. So Mm. I think that there was... I was 
busy trying to make sure everybody else was healthy. And I think that um, when my own vineyard suffered, I was really slow and touchy to hear about it because, hey, I'm out doing, you know, I'm out helping you. And you can get touchy about it because for a woman, it doesn't matter how well it's going out there. It really doesn't matter. We're not like men who in some ways you go on the job and getting a job done and everything. Uh, Women love that too. But that very much speaks to their identity. But for women, it doesn't matter how great it's going out there. If in the home realm, we feel it's not good, nothing's good. So um, I think that I began to see that I needed to do my... I had to uh, make sure that my own family spiritually, emotionally was um, also being enriched because at the end of the day, nobody, nobody wants the fam- the pastor's family to be stretched so thin. It's not a good example, you know, and right. um, you have to take care of your own. So I, I think first season we did, uh, I needed to learn that lesson. Hmm. So I can totally understand, especially for us women who as family, we feel like we, our responsibility is to take care of our husband and our children. And a lot of times I speak for myself too. I don't take care of myself, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, uh, and it's, it's, it's hard. And sometimes we have to kind of find that balance because I know I get cranky when I'm really tired, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you know, yes. or, or when my daughter wakes up in the middle of the night and I don't get enough sleep. I mean, yeah. during, during that time, how did you manage to find that balance for yourself at a later time? Did you, did you have to say no to certain things you know what did you have to do well I found myself not actually saying no to things I had to learn to say yes Mm. to I was allowed self-care I was allowed I had to say yes to um, making sure that I my own fires were burning properly because then I could give properly you know so like this idea of self-care really wasn't uh talked about when I was a young pastor's wife because you see we truly are in a season of giving as mothers Mm-hmm. We're in that season. There'll be another season. We, it will be something different. Right. But when our children are small and we're in those marriages, we are in a season of giving. And that, the wrong side of how I think things were presented to me as a young woman in ministry is that I thought that that meant giving, giving, giving meant that um, I couldn't wisely make sure I was being taken care of. Like, you know, as they say on the planes, you know, Mm -hmm. put your own mask on first. And, but that wasn't ever put across that way. But now I think people are starting to appreciate the idea of as a mother in her season of giving must do self-care, must. And I would say self-care is three things. Self-care is number one, how am I doing emotionally? Am my grievances building up? Is my anger level? Am I, what am I not happy about that I can't articulate? Mm. What is it that frustrates me? I need to take a minute. This is self-care. I need to go. I got to get in touch with that. 
I've got to find out the source instead of running around expecting people to read my mind, expecting, uh, you know, me to read other people's minds. Right. So we have to be in touch with where problem is in the, in the day-to-day life. And number two, spiritually speaking, we can get as women, we can feel very, very out of touch because our world grows so small, so mundane, so the same thing all the time. The enemy lies to us mm. that a great work is not going on. A great work in a small space is going on. He'll, he'll deceive us about that. And that way you can end up sometimes spiritually speaking, you don't feel you have anything vital to contribute or anything vital. And you can either, you know, become unmotivated or secretly defeated. You know, I'm, I, you know, not contributing that our voice is not important. Our voice to the Lord is so sweet and so important, you know? Right. I, I agree with that. I mean, it's so true because I'm sure that there are some mothers out there who feel like, you know, their work is mundane and that the great work that they have is not going as they plan or, you know, how they want it. And, and, and like you said, it is the lie of the enemy. How do you suggest they go about that? Because sometimes when we become mom, we lose that identity that we're just moms, but yes, we are pretty much more than that. How do you tell moms out there to find that balance of, you know, no, you're a mommy, but you're also, you know, so-and-so. Yes. Well, you know, you have to be in touch with the one who created us to let him inform us of all the thoughts he thinks Mm -hmm. towards us. They're amazing. And I think that, um, for a, a mother, especially, you know, if she hears the word juice one more time, she's just going to lose it, you know, and, um, and you're craving adult conversation and all that. He understands all that. But I would really encourage for mothers to try to find this discipline. Try every day to have a quiet moment where you can just, I need this moment to recenter and refocus. I need this time. And when you just carve out that quiet time, just for me, you know, um, be able to say, Lord, I just for one minute, that's all it takes. But right now, I just want to say thank you for seeing me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you. I am anointed and I am appointed to serve my family in this capacity how you created me for this. And this is so important to you. And you are with me because I'm a life giver. That's who Eve is. I'm a life giver. So be my giver of life while I'm a life giver. And I'm telling you, he will speak significance into your heart. He will speak that the intrinsic worth, things that the world can't speak to us in a deep place. He will. But we have to just take those few moments to go, I need a quiet place, a quiet time, and a quiet mind. And a lot of times, you know, we take a roaring, boiling mind into our quiet time, and that's normal. (laughs) Or you want to just have one minute with God, and all of a sudden, your to-do list is so crystal clear. Just when you get a moment, you know, because that's the enemy trying to rob us Mm. of this very life-giving moment. It doesn't have to be long. By the way, we don't have much time. It can't be long, but, right. and we are a life giver. And we set the tone in the home. We set so much that this whole ecosystem that is built around us, we are the center of it. 
that our importance is that much that if it's right with us, it's right with everybody. And that's right. the truth. So, I mean, you know, I think that every day I just want to, Lord, I'm going to drag a screaming, boiling, crazy mind, <laughs> wild mind. And thank you for a minute as I'm, you know, I'm not going to be condemned when it flies off on me, but I will recenter it for a minute just to mm. open your word and receive your thoughts towards me, which are more than the sea, the sand on a seashore. Amen. That was so good. I mean, I love the word that you, you use, life giver, life giving moment. And that's so true because as wives, we are to serve our husband first and then our children. And if we are not feel in our body, in our spirit, then we don't have anything to give. Yeah. And, you know, we want to have a servant's heart, but, but sometimes when we're treated like a servant, we, we really re- resent it. Right. And, um, and it's like, Lord, just, just take this attitude away from me. I want to find joy. I want to dance in my kitchen. I want to, like, I want to find joy in you because I'm telling you, when the Lord speaks his thoughts towards us, we come so alive inside. Mm. And we, we radiate this we were created for this. We're anointed and appointed for this. We are life givers. And when we get in touch with his thoughts towards us, everything changes in our home. Amen. Everything the spirit in us touches brings life. And so that's why the enemy works so hard to lie to us mm. because of our importance. Amen. And of course, the enemy wants to try to destroy families and marriages. Yes. Um, how were you able to find the balance between being a wife and a mother? Um, I don't, uh, like, a balance between a wife and a mother. Like, I, I never felt the division there. Like, mm-hmm. I think um, just, I don't know. Like, when I was young, I was taught that there was a rigid system of how you approach life. Mm-hmm. God first, then family, and then ministry. Mm-hmm. And it was rigid. But you know what I found out, Shane? To me, it was a moving, living ball. Mm. And it, to me, it was, there were seasons in my life. I had to put ministry for whatever reason. God had me on a growth track. And he was saying, I want you to step into that pulpit. I want you to step up in front of people. Mm. And I was the least likely candidate. And uh, there were other times you have to step back because it is about your family. So I had to kind of unlearn everything I've been taught because a lot of times that women will always think my family is deficient. I will never be ready to step out into what I've been gifted for and what I've been talents I've been given. I will always hold back. Women will, you know. Right, right. And I found that it's a very living ball and God himself will sometimes show us, I want you to say yes to starting that prayer group. I want you to say, I've got a yes to give you. Mm. I want you to give back to me and it will be ministered. And, you know, you will wonder how am I going to be able to do it? But, you know, when we obey, um, of course, he'll make us better mothers. And that's just the thing. Right. So um, I think that uh, in terms of I, God grows us as a whole human being. And sometimes he's working on, you know, 
the lung system, another the blood circulatory system, but you know, it's all for the benefit of the whole. So um, I think that I, the way I was trained trapped women into almost believing like they'll always see where there, there's deficiency in the family. And so if I, people could actually retreat behind it and not um, do what God was, you know, prompting them to do and training them to do. So I don't like the balance. Like, so I guess what I'm saying is that balance is I, I was like a living, moving ball in me. There would be a season of this and then something else would come to the fore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what are some actionable tips would you suggest for moms to have a balanced lifestyle and to encourage them to flourish as a mother? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, this is a question, especially in the COVID season, isn't it? Right. I mean, we never thought we would be facing the situation where home would become homeschool, mm-hmm. where home would become like almost like a prison with prison bars. We never thought that this season we would go through. And yet, look what we found. I think so many people, the rain fell. And when the rain fell, it like kept us in our houses and isolated. But then we understood that part of that rain was a shower of blessing. And I hope that we're coming out of it as mothers, as grandmothers, wives is going, you know what? I am choosing simpler. Mm. I think because, you know, we actually had time to cook again. We actually had time to play with children again. We actually had time to not be racing and running for what, but we actually had time to think again of enjoying the simple things in life, which was being with each other. And yes, it was stressful. And yes, you can be so needing to get out and sometimes you couldn't you could get on each other's nerves absolutely of course there is that but there is uh, there were a lot of being brought back again to what is simple and I think a reminder for all of us we have to learn to keep the main thing the main thing we were letting I think as society as mothers as wives a lot of things were getting equal priority and I don't right. think that is right and we now are going back to simpler. Everything isn't an equal priority. And what is the main thing? You know, and I, mm. I, um, I was thinking, you know, about mothers of small children going through this. You know, how delighted is your small children that they have you all the time? Because yes. you're all they need. Yeah. You're all they need. They don't need anything. You need something more, but you, they don't. <laughs> they are delighted. <laughs> that they have all of you, you know, and so you yeah. gotta learn to build some routines because you could end up living in a constant blur, after, you know, day after day in the same sweatpants. Absolutely, but you know, yeah, that's I why be- a beginning of all this. I don't know if you went through that phase, but I did. I had day pajamas. <laughs> like I, I just the first few weeks that you didn't really have to get up and get dressed. I had day pajamas and, you know, it was like amazing. Yes, yes, I did. I, yeah. I had day pajamas, you know, but yeah. I made my daughter change. Yes. <laughs> I oh, refused, no, yeah, they to, change. I refused yeah. to let her sit in her pajamas all day because, right. you know, she you can't be like me. <laughs> exactly. But we did. Now it's funny because now everybody tells, I'm, I'm up and dressed now. We need it. But, you know, 
did we not go through that? We had our day pajamas, you know? Right, right. But it was symbolic that they, we had this newfound time and mm-hmm. we didn't have a schedule. But um, I had my grandkids, my grandson with me, and he's 10, mm-hmm. a mid-kid. So I decided to interview him and I thought I would like share it for this interview. Yeah. And um, so mid-kid, he's 10, and I said, Jax, what is, I asked him three questions. What's the biggest challenge of being quarantined? Number two, what was the secret joy? You totally unexpected. And number three, what are you looking forward to most? And you told me one, the biggest challenge was that, you know, home intensively day after day, not being able to go out and you get on each other's nerves. It's like, okay. And then I said, what's an unexpected joy? And he goes, well, I didn't expect this, but my three-year-old brother likes me more. Oh, because he was just mommy, mommy, mommy. And they developed a relationship. That's amazing. My three-year-old likes me. And, um, and then he made me laugh and he goes, and we're not going to go over on our beast because we were afraid, you know, that we were going to have too many miles. But in March, we parked the cars and we didn't drive anywhere. <laughs> and now we don't have to pay the overage. <laughs> you know, don't you? Here's this mid kid thinking about stuff like he obviously heard it, you know? <laughs> right, right. But, you know, he was rejoicing right along with the adults. That made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I but love it. The most profound thing, what are you looking forward to? And I thought, here's the thing. I thought I was going to anticipate what he was going to say. I thought he was going to say my friends. And mm. he, of course, you mentioned friends and getting playing basketball. But you know what he said? He goes, <laughs> this is what he said to me. I never thought I'd live long enough to say, I miss school. I miss the routine of it. I miss uh, structure. I miss the learning. I want to go to school. And he said, if you'd asked me six months ago, I would have told you I wanted to learn online and be homeschooled. Now he goes, no way. I want to be in school. And I thought, you know, one way I think we thought that to mother properly was we tried to shield our children from as much hardship as we possibly could, not realizing that actually hardship and deprivation in this case produced in him a true value for school. He doesn't take it for granted anymore that he can go to school. And he will never forget that lesson. And I think that hardship... And sometimes it's been tough in some things. It's been scary having to take little ones out with masks. It's weird. It seems not right. But at the end, I really do feel that what's equally can be damaging is just the mindless pursuit of entertainment and fun all the time to the expense of some of life's lessons. And um, our children have to experience COVID through us. And how we, what our attitude is, uh, and our, we'll get the right attitude as we go centered and sourced in Christ in our quiet time. Mm-hmm. And so many teens feel like they, could, they have been robbed, that they got cheated out of something. Right. Or a mom in touch has a 30,000 view of this situation and go, guess what? You're not cheated. You're a one-of-a-kind generation. This is history that you are living. You are in an unprecedented time and you were chosen to live it. 
and we're going to be creative in it. And all your life, you're going to talk about this. And I think that for moms, a lot of times it's to be able to, uh, get God's mind and perspective on it. And we will give life giving words to them because we know that there's so much negative thinking out there and they're so young and their character is so unformed that the darkness can form them. But our words have life. They have more authority. And that, you know, if we have life-giving words because we've received them, we've said yes to my little time of receiving so that I may give it away, we will, you know, we are inoculating them against the darkness that wants to try to form them. Mm, That's really good. You were talking about the gift of time, and I completely agree. It's like everything completely shifted. I've never Mm. cooked as much as I have in my entire life. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I've I've had to jump to homeschooling where I've never done before in my entire life. (laughs) Yes. Um, But it's so great because as my daughter learns her, her letters, one of the great things that has blessed me is that when she sees the letter T, she goes, Jesus died on the cross for us. And every time she sees the letter T or she sees it cross out somewhere, that's all she says. And I'm like, you're my little evangelist. (laughs) Yes. Those are precious moments that I know that I will never get back and we are to cherish it. And that is truly a gift of time that the Lord has given us in this COVID time. Yes. And I hope we never go back to a mindless rat race that we've seen. We, it's been at the expense of something too precious because, you know, you spending time with your daughter, Sharon, cooking for her and teaching her, you have bound, you've taken that half step closer and she, she, her memories, I bet of this are amazing. Mm -hmm. Yours had more frustration. (laughs) more yeah pain but i feel like the children in some ways um it this could be god's gift and time to them and because they get us yeah and you know all her life when she looks at the letter t she will never forget that and she will say it to her child someday i hope so i really hope she will never forget that now is there anything else that you would like to share with other gem of mothers out there Um, yes, don't be too hard on yourself. Don't compare yourself to people. Find out, like I had to in early ministry, I needed to find out a few things from the mouth of God himself and let that form me. So don't be down on yourself. You have to resist that because there is no perfect life and the life that God has given you, he's going to anoint you to live it in his spirit. And you're doing such a valuable job. And one thing about COVID I learned in a deeper way is I am very creative when it comes to children. Mm. And I didn't ever realize, but I can think up games and I make up games and they just love hanging out with me. I'm the rock star right now. Because, <laughs> and I didn't even know, like, you know, I just like, okay, Blakey, he's five. I'm going to blindfold you and I want you to draw mommy, daddy, you know. And wow, did I ever learn? He has awesome high, an- high eye to hand coordination. 
Mm. It was amazing what he drew, drew blindfold. Another time I would put a simple puzzle out for other of them and I would take out eight pieces randomly from the puzzle. And then I said, now this timer is going to go on and you have to put back these eight pieces in this time, you know, after we'd yeah. already done the puzzle. And just um, can't even, I can't, like I'm telling you, it's like every, it just became so normal. Like I'm just, I don't need stuff to interact. I listen to them and kind of build it from there. Like one time we were spies and our job is to hide from the adults and spy on them. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. and that was great because obviously I wasn't a, an adult. I'm Grammy. And <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. There was a creativity of wanting to connect with them because I finally have a little time and I found out I'm good at thinking up games and just spontaneous ones and they love it. And um, I think we have relied so often, you know, I, I just this, I hope this gift of time, we will rediscover what is really the most life-giving and nurturing thing we do in our families. And there is such a joy in it. There's such connection in it. Um, you feel closer to the Lord in some ways because not that you're in your Bible more, mm-hmm. but you are aware of when there is a certain level of health because we're eating right, we're connecting, we are having to explain to them this crazy world and we're all trusting God. You know, we are like never before. And somehow he's turning evil to good. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Well, Thank you so much, Teresa, for coming on the show. There were so many gem nuggets that you had shared with us today. Well, thank you. Thank you for asking me. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this pretty much wraps up our podcast for today. For tips and takeaway, please visit our website at gemsofmotherhood.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I hope you will find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You are an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you're going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.